Hello and welcome back to episode 94 of Campbell Conversations with your host Colin Campbell and today's conversation I'm lucky to be joined by Ellen Willard, head coach of Built By Me and a content creator. Expect to learn in the conversation about Elle's transformative journey through fitness, finding her purpose and fulfillment within her life along the way to where she finds herself at present day today. We explore Elle's inner dialogue and some of the mindset that she had around an injury that she suffered in her teens and how that progressed over the years, as well as some of the influences online within the fitness space that Elle looked towards during that period and how it has evolved over time. I'm sure many of us can relate to the different people that we followed over the years and taken a lot from and maybe moved on to other creators during that period. Given Elle herself has now established herself as an authority figure in the fitness space with over 276,000 followers on Instagram and 50,000 followers on on YouTube, we learn how this has happened and occurred over the years and where that growth has come from. As part of this conversation, Elle shares her own thoughts and experience on what happens when social media grows to this level of extent and the real pros and cons behind this level of exposure to a massive audience. Alongside this, I ask a bit more about Elle's approach to coaching and how this differs from what many large Instagram accounts will do, as well as Elle's decision to follow a vegan diet. Importantly, within that conversation, you can learn a little bit around how somebody who is striving towards peak performance like Elle manages her intake and her supplementation to support her training performance while still following the vegan principles. Lastly, expect to hear about Elle and her interest in investing and how she got involved in it at such a young age. Elle has recently just turned 23 and is great to see somebody else in this space talking about investing and being really passionate about that side of her life as well. Today's podcast is sponsored and supported by Factory Weights. Quite apt because I actually met Elle in person for the first time at a Factory Weights shoot and it was an incredible experience. Factory Weights are a high quality gym and fitness equipment brand so you can get your hands on dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells, plates and a whole lot more including plyo boxes, liquid chalk and even some men's apparel now as well. It's all at an affordable price and it has next day delivery for just £3 across the UK. Anyone that's bought weights equipment in the last two years will know that is incredible value. So factory weights are heavy on quality, they're light on price and you can save even more on the price by using the code CALL10 for 10% off at factoryweights.co.uk. That'll be linked in the show notes below and a massive thank you for Factory Weights for continuing to support the podcast and allowing me to put out this content with a little bit of financial support. Before we dive into this podcast, I want to say a massive thank you again to everyone listening to this. If you're new here, hover that finger across and hit the subscribe or the follow button or whatever app you're on so you don't miss any of the weekly episodes. And if you are completely new here and you've not subscribed before and you've not heard of any of these podcasts before, then after this one, make sure you dive in the back catalogue and see if there's anything that interests you there. It's always amazing to see the listens in the back catalogue rise as we get new and more interesting guests on the podcast and continue to grow into different conversations. Now, that's quite enough for me. We've got a good long podcast here over 70 minutes long and I just want to give a slight warning that there's a tiny bit of distortion at my end of the podcast on my mic for the last seven to eight minutes of the podcast. Elle's audio is crystal clear so don't worry you'll hear from the most important person in this conversation which is of course always the guest but it's just a heads up if you are sensitive to audio quality at the very end of the podcast there will be a little bit of distortion so please watch out for that in advance and hopefully it doesn't ruin your enjoyment of a fantastic conversation. Let's get into this one right now.
and welcome back to another episode of Cambro Conversations. Today's conversation, I am joined by Ellen Willard, who is the head coach at Built By Me and a content creator on Instagram, YouTube, and her blog. Ellen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to have you, Elle. And we were laughing when we first met in person that from social media, there's probably a few different things that we know that L or Built by L loves and spends her time doing. But getting to know you over the course of the couple of days that we spent at the factory weight shoot, there's so much more than meets the eye when it comes to a social profile. And I think sometimes longer form conversations and podcasts are the ability to do that. And that's why I was so keen to share this with my audience, but also your own. A hundred percent. I am definitely aware of how much of my life I don't show on social media. And we all know the saying social media is a highlight reel. I completely stand by that. I'm sure you do as well. But I am, I maybe not intentionally, but I try to maybe not show parts of my life or all of my life because I'm aware of the fact that maybe when people follow me, they quote unquote maybe signed up for the type of content the content that they were expecting from me, which is me training, me lifting heavy weights, giving the occasional educational um, insight into how to do X, Y, Z. But other than that, I'm happy with just leaving my page as very fitness related content. And I don't really need to sway away from that. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Of course. And it's nice to have different outlets though. And I think in persons uh, is is one of those but equally you've got your blog and I know your writing is something that's really important to you and we will absolutely be covering that during mm-hmm. this podcast because you are generally somebody that writes really well you're very articulate you're very reasoned and it's it's like long flowing things that you can't really get away with on Instagram if you want to reach people with the message that you do on Instagram which is for for women primarily to really focus on getting stronger and focusing on performance and, and, and becoming the best versions of themselves and supplementing that with written conversations and hopefully in the future, more and more of these podcast conversations that you can get involved in would probably give your audience just that extra dimension to you, which, which I know is there. A hundred percent. And I think there is so much more to me than what I show on social media. And I do sometimes take a step back and think, I really wish that people saw a bit more of the person that I want to show and it's not that I'm you know putting on a facade or pretending to be somebody that I'm not it's just I'm consciously making an effort to maybe not show every single side to me because there is the option to engage as you said in other platforms I have a blog that's there I mean given I don't post all of my written content because I am my own biggest critic in that sense but there are other outlets that people can go to if they are maybe invested into me as an individual. Like I've done a couple of podcasts um, prior to this one as well, but I actually love speaking and I love just engaging in conversation with people. And I think every person that you meet is going to get a different side to you, but in a good way. Yeah, such such a powerful message. And I guess my first question for you would be, How did an unfortunate injury lead to you getting to where you are now? Oh, so the injury, I feel like everybody um, at some point has been injured in some type of way, but I have grown up in an environment that a lot of my family have been very active. That led to me being very active my entire life growing up. And I'm very fortunate for that. You know, I've dabbled in pretty much every sport imaginable from 
ballet to swimming to track and field to almost everything some on a national level some on just like recreational purposes but I is I think I was about 15 16 so I'm 23 now just turned 23 I'm getting old um but <laughs> about eight seven seven to eight years ago I was playing rugby and I actually tore my right kneecap and I think from that moment onwards I had never felt fulfilled within what I was doing because I looked to kind of team sport and exercise as being my outlet you know I very much preach that same message now now that I'm in the place I'm at where I'm very confident within what I do um I see it as my form of therapy obviously when you're at that young age you don't view it like that you just view it this is where I see my friends I'm pretty good at what I do as well it's just a bit of fun um but when that happened it put me out of sport for like a good amount of time in the sense that more the mindset side of things so the recovery for my knee it still plays up every now and again um here but I don't let it stop me from doing my training from getting involved within um, sporting events and stuff but it definitely the mindset side of things was the biggest battle for me because the recovery in itself was probably about six months I was in a cast I then had the mechanical leg whatever it's called yeah and yeah the mindset side was definitely the hardest getting back to it because it was right what I love has been taken away from me my confidence has dropped my mindset has just completely gone out of the window. I have little motivation to get back into sport. And then eventually I got back into things like netball, basketball, but I'd never felt good enough. I never felt kind of back at that same level that I was before it happened. Um, and I, again, going back to, I'm very self-critical of everything that I do. I think it's a good thing, but it definitely comes with its flaws as well. But I never felt like I was ever back to the same level that I was before that. And I think it was more so confidence and actual ability. But fast forward to college, I was completely inactive. Um, I actually did PE at school, but well, at college and little physical actual like the physical side of things was involved within my PE sessions at college so to me that was music to my ears at the time which I never thought I'd say because I'd always relied on sport as being an outlet but it was actually at, there would be some sessions where they'd say right we're going to be a bit more physical and I would literally get well I'd pretend to write a note being my mum saying look she can't take part and blame it on the injury still like I'd still use that as an excuse because I thought my physical performance wasn't at the level that it needed to be. Elle, you know, that makes me so surprised based on the person mm. we see nowadays, but also the period preceding that where your family and yourself place such an importance on activity and doing well. And for you to get this injury and this knock in your confidence, maybe in terms of like getting injured again, or even like your ability to perform at a level that you felt proud of because we're, we're probably going to get onto that p word that way as this conversation goes and being proud but for you to like shy away from things because of where your mindset as with regards to physical performance and maybe like your like ability to withstand hard physical performance is mm. such a shift change from where you are now and where you were even before that a hundred percent and it's definitely fitness that has shaped me into 
what I can proudly say being the confident woman that I am now and throughout those kind of pit there was a period in college where my mental health was awful and there was one comment made by a guy who went to the college and he literally called me fat and at this point I was tiny in comparison to what I am now like I didn't have as much muscle back then I didn't probably have not as much fat either like I was literally tiny if you were to put my two bodies next to each other you'd be like um excuse me but he yeah he called me fat it really got to me and that was kind of the thing I guess that ignited me to find a way of getting back into fitness because that comment clearly I had a lot going on mentally as well I was not confident within my body I had quite a poor relationship with nutrition as well or I, I just wasn't educated within nutrition either but I got back into the gym and as with most females I started off with doing well segregating myself within a little room within the gym using fixed barbells so I think the heaviest they went up to was about 45 kilos so I'd usually go for about the 30 kilo not too challenging but also wasn't like very very easy at that point and I just use that for lunge Bulgarian split squat hip thrust normal squats I'd do about eight exercises and and then I'd go on the treadmill and do some sprints and that was my sessions pretty much all of the time because I had such a fear of getting really big really muscly and but I found myself kind of not being fulfilled because I knew that I had the potential to be stronger and even still within that first year of my training I lacked a lot of confidence and I think it's just because there was no meaning or purpose to what I was doing which then leads to zero fulfillment within what you do as well because it offers no enjoyment there's so many ways we can go with that Elle, but I, I would want to go back to this lack of confidence and then like sometimes we think we can think of like our stressors and our emotions as like a cup of coffee or a cup of water and when extra mm. things get poured in it eventually overflows and one of the events that occurred that caused an overflow for you emotionally was that thoughtless comment that somebody made about your body type and your weight and it's caused like a bit of a eruption and it's mm. caused some upset but you then took albeit positive action off the back of something that was a really negative comment but it maybe started for you to think again, like I am a fit person, I'm a healthy person and I'm going to hopefully start to explore that domain of your life again, albeit you were doing like a very written and scientific led <laughs> PE degree. That's, that's, that's mm. a challenge, isn't it? In a, in a course, but you then get the option to start to be physical outside of that and, 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 and push yourself again. A hundred percent. I think it wasn't, obviously the comment as you said it was just kind of the element that made the cup overflow because there was still all of those parts of me you know lacking confidence never feeling as though I was good enough not really seeing any potential in myself no desire to pursue any type of career I guess at that point I just lacked a lot of passion within what I was doing and obviously yes that comment then spurred me on to say do you know what maybe there's some truth to what he was saying because of my poor mindset at that point um so although maybe not the best reason to start getting back into exercise a very powerful one that obviously still remains to me to this day because you don't forget little comments like that that affected you in such a way and although 
yes, very little comment. And if somebody, I mean, I get people now saying it to me and it's so easy for me to brush off now. And I'm very grateful that I'm at that position. But even with my first year of training, that mindset was still so like such a negative headspace because I think, again, it comes back down to kind of purpose and fulfillment with what you're doing and lack of passion. Um, and when I do something, I want to be able to put 110% into everything that I do. So when I then started the gym, a PT at another gym, because what I do is I do lower body at one gym because I felt really confident there. And then I do upper body at this other gym that I started at. So I eventually started to like transition over into moving gyms. And there was a PT at this other gym. And he was like, oh, you should try like barbell back squats. And during that time, he was like, you're so strong. Like all you need to do is change a few things. And I was like, "Mm." well, throughout college, again, when we did maybe have those physical sessions, I vividly remember there was a lap pull down and it had a seated row option, like um, option um, on the machine. Yeah. Attachment on the machine where you could lower it down and the guys stacked it. Cause my class was literally me, two other girls and then all guys and the guys stacked it to the bottom weight and they were all like trying to pull it or like some of them got it. Some of them didn't. And I was like, I'll give it a go. And they were probably like, you won't do it. I kid you not I've just yanked it towards me and like oh that's not even hard and I still remember that to this day because I've always felt that being so athletic my whole life I've had a lot of potential to you know genetically um I've built up this inner strength both physical and mental which I just needed to find again because I just lost it I'd lost it along the way I'd lost again that passion for a lot of things and I think as well that was such an important part of my college experience was that moment in the gym where I was like damn I'm stronger than a lot of the guys in here and I used that and ran with it. It takes a lot for you to be in a headspace now where you can identify these moments as Mm. things that have shaped you further down the line and we will touch on self-awareness and how you've developed that as we go but for me it's great that you've identified these moments and maybe one of the third such moments that we've already discussed just now briefly is finding a bit of a mentor figure that you could trust Mm. to push you outside the comfort zone remove you from the the, (laughs) the studio with the pre-made barbell and take you out into this other area of the gym where you could barbell squat and leg press and really explore Mm. this genetic physical potential which you so clearly have a hundred percent and he was probably I'm so grateful to this day because he became more than just that mentor figure he actually became a really good friend of mine and I'm as I said I'm still so grateful that he came into my life because he educated me a lot about training and he was probably the first insight I had to building muscle as a female because he was the first person that actually kind of showed me that it was okay. And I should actually go into the gym, look to get 
like stronger look to get healthier and especially if that was what I enjoyed because he could see that that's what gave me the most fulfillment because I'd come out of doing a barbell back squat I'd be like oh wow yeah look, let's go heavier and obviously there's an element of ego lifting back then um zero progressive overload in what you're doing you're just always trying to go heavier every single session but he definitely was that kind of first insight into do you know what it wouldn't be so bad if I actually got into kind of getting a hell of a lot stronger and focusing a bit more on performance as opposed to just the aesthetic side of things. Who were your influences in that first year then when you were doing the the, the treadmill sprints and the the, the, the mm-hmm. pre barbell lunges and circuits? So it was definitely, they all look the same. So you've kind of got like the Tammy Hembros, the um, Kayla Itzines, the Katia Least Henrys, females that I knew I was never going to look like because my thighs were already a hell of a lot more developed from being so athletic my entire life, were a hell of a lot more developed from just my upbringing than what theirs were present day. You know, they had the really kind of lifted glutes, tight little waists, no muscle on their arms, which amazing like if that's what they enjoy if that's how they supposedly train go for it but you know you'd look to instagram and be like oh this hit workout that's going to tone my inner thighs yes i'll do that today and i actually bought tammy hembro's guide off of depop for 50p i think the original was like 60 pound um but it honestly would literally be about seven eight leg exercises all kind of three sets 12 to 15 reps because you know higher reps was supposedly meant to quote unquote tone your thighs better than lower reps and i just i'd follow these girls and then expect kind of my results to be the same without having any education on right no nutrition really counts and all of these other factors like the females who are posting these workouts probably aren't even doing them themselves so it's kind of comes back to what you see online take it with a pinch of salt because people are showing you what you want to see and a lot of the time that's what's fashionable on social media at the time it's what they hope the algorithm will respond to because people like it's a lot easier to maybe save that workout and do that workout than it is to watch you squat something genuinely really heavy mm. with all the different technical complexities and the mindset needed to get underneath that barbell and that's where the challenge lies and that's where we'll absolutely talk about your coaching l and some of the other fantastic influences that you started to respect as the years went on but at that initial stage, you can see why many young females in particular find these uh, influencers quite alluring because it is, mm. they're like, they're like quote unquote body goals in modern society for some women mm-hmm. and what they're selling, a 60 pound guide or 50p if you shop around on Depop, <laughs> like that, is, yeah. is, 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 is quite attractive. It's quite alluring. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of people fall into that trap and it takes a really strong personality for both yourself, but also maybe the mentor or the coach or the figure that you find to move you away from that and give you an idea of what is actually possible for your body within your own genetic potential, rather than that of some Instagram supermodel who has that, those proportions quite naturally. A hundred percent. And I think you hit the nail on the head in that. I think sometimes as well, we do what we think we have to do or where it is of expected of us. And for a lot of 
young impressionable females and the word impressionable I kind of I don't like it in a sense because I think it can be somewhat I don't know like condescending yeah condescending exactly the word I was looking for um I think it can be somewhat condescending when you say it but it definitely is relevant to a lot of young females who are online I just feel as though the age of people coming to social media is getting lower and lower and lower because they have access to all of this technology within their early years and it's quite worrying when you think about it because you are what you consume and that's when you then have to be careful with the type of people that you do follow in online and you know for most people they are very uneducated not a fault of their own you know you are when you're younger but you you come onto social media and you look to these people who maybe other people have mentioned or you think that you have to look that way because that's just constantly what you're seeing um so it's all about as well who you choose to follow online which you're in control of completely which I think is what we forget we think we have to follow certain people um, and we have to kind of present ourselves in a certain way but in reality you're completely in control of what you consume and what you show agreed and how did this start to change over time then away from your kind of traditional fitness influencers that are showing you these short sharp hit workouts with sprints in the treadmill and toning certain parts of your body and that sort of albeit scientifically entirely incorrect uh, information, <laughs> but very glamorous and very attractive to, to the journey that you've gone on to get to where you are now? Definitely this, so this mentor um, figure that I had who kind of took me through a lot of what I did in my early years within training. You know, I'm really somebody who wants to do a lot of learning outside of maybe conversations that I've had with people. So he might have briefly mentioned an individual on social media. I've then taken a mental note of that name, gone home, searched them up and been like, oh, wow, that's really frigging awesome. Like what this person's doing. And at the time it was people who like um, Simeon Panda, Obi Vincent, like a lot more males within the industry, because I feel like at that point there weren't as many females who I guess of course there were but females who were maybe as had as big of a presence on social media because I still think at that point I looked to maybe people who had hundreds of thousands of followers because you think that follower count then comes with like a reputable um, opinion and like amount of professionalism and so I would take these names and do my own research outside of that follow them and be like oh well he's following them I should probably follow him as well because they're clearly talking some sense I mean look at them and whilst now these figures and inspirations to me may have changed I mean Obi is still incredible in my eyes he's definitely somebody I look up to now from like a work ethic point of view um, and just as an athlete but I definitely think the mentor figure that I had him giving me just like again another insight into look to these really strong individuals male or female look what they're doing um do you not think that's really awesome and I was like do you know what it is yeah that's true inspiration isn't it and that's available online if mm. we if we go in the right spaces but equally my my initial thought there straight away is that mm. it's gone from like that extreme of like the the kind of perfectly toned presented female fitness influencer 
to like the the bodybuilders and the guys throwing around mm-hmm. heavyweight and like looking absolutely incredible and it sometimes takes to go towards that extreme to somehow come back and find where you want to be on this kind of spectrum mm. between content and the extreme fairly positive message that the guys are sending there about lifting and putting on muscle and getting stronger you almost needed to go to that end of things to understand mm. i can do that and then find where where l sits within that in real life a hundred percent like you almost view it as a spectrum and you've got one end and then the other end and it's just like finding maybe where you fit and the beauty of fitness is that yes whilst you might fit within a certain position on that spectrum at one point you always have the power to go in whatever direction you choose and I think that's something as well in which this mentor figure taught me because he was like you can do whatever you want like you can come to the gym and train however you want because he then started getting into kind of the crossfit scene and at that moment in time it wasn't for me i didn't understand it i was like no why would i do cardio and weights that's not what i want right now i just want to get hella strong cardio is going to make me weak um and again a lack of understanding but it is it's finding about it's finding the position in which you fit at that time and what you enjoy if we're talking about finding your position on social media Mm. from a consumption perspective i'd be really interested to hear about how you've started to establish yourself now as probably that female voice that you needed when you were younger Mm. to guide you in the right direction so how did you start to build yourself on social media over the years how did that get started and where are we today I think I went down a very quote unquote traditional route as a lot of females coming into the fitness industry do. So, you know, you start off with sharing your transformation photos, you start off with showing and exposing a little bit more of yourself than maybe you'd like today. And don't get me wrong, I so let's say, for example, I still work with a company called lounge underwear so it does kind of require me to be a little bit more vulnerable online with what I do show but back then it wasn't for the reasons of which I'm proud of to say I am now like the message and kind of the intent behind it wasn't there that's what was lacking and you know people then start asking questions so people start becoming a little bit invested within your life and then depending on what the answers are they then choose to stay or they're then like oh maybe she's not for me and I think I was very much like oh here's this workout do this to look like this like do this I think I at one point it might still be on my page I'm not really sure I actually quite like keeping old things on my page because it shows like a sense of progression within how you train your education as well but there was one and it was like five exercises and it was a hit workout and it was honestly like shoulder taps, a lot of ab stuff, jumping lunges, things that I would just not do now paired together. And I was like, do this really sweaty hit workout. And people were somewhat invested because they thought, oh, if I do this, I'll look like her. So I think I've definitely followed that route of, you know, kind of monkey see, monkey do and expecting people to have that same view with me. And then it's not been until the last couple of years where I've said, do you know what? Me saying do this workout gives zero value. 
because it doesn't come with the right intention. And I think definitely, you know, gaining my PT qualification, training people in person. I've got a business mentor now as well who has helped so much with my self-development. Um, and just having these insights into different parts of the fitness industry has then shaped me to the content I produce now in which I'm very proud of. Who knows in five years time, I might be like, what are you doing? Um, as with anything, because we grow and evolve. But I think having that business mentor there as well. And for me, following people online who actually served me value and served me education was what I think was the biggest contributor to my own change in what I wanted to kind of put out. Yeah. So analyzing what you were seeing and then framing that in your own individual output is really valuable and again leads into that self-awareness piece where you've got a good understanding of yes I maybe played to the gallery a little bit in my <laughs> early days but equally mm. I think if we were to look at your statistics your growth has come when you've been the most settled clear mm. like comfortable version of yourself and people like you say you were, were saying at the start it's that Ron Seal approach what it says in the 10 in terms of heavy lifting empowerment and clear insight into your training journey and your nutrition and what you do with that that's what that's that's what people get when they sign up to your page and that's why it's grown so much obviously because you're exceptional at communicating that mm. but also because it's very clear that that's your values and what you're wanting to put into the world a hundred percent i think people are a lot smarter than what we think so maybe back then when I was posting this content, there might've been people viewing it and saying, she's not doing that. Um, and I think, I don't know if it's just because I do have very good self-awareness, but I definitely feel as though I can pick out people who I see as being very authentic online and being very true to themselves. I'd like to categorize myself for being amongst those people as well, but I think people are a lot smarter than what we think and people will genuinely buy into you when you show that authenticity. So unless people are really good actors online, which I definitely think that there are a lot, people buy into, again, that authenticity and your life. And you only like from my captions as well, I write some really long captions sometimes on my posts. And if people want to read it, that's why it's there. But a lot of the time I don't actually do it for everybody else. I am very aware that I get a lot of DMs of people saying, do you know what? Thank you. Like, thank you for sharing that side of me. Thank you for being vulnerable because it really helps me. And I absolutely love that. But a lot of the time, it is literally just word vomit from what's going around in my head on the day as well. Or maybe I've had a negative thought in the gym or maybe I've had a little tantrum when something's got not gone my way. And it's like, do you know what? Let's just put pen to paper or, you know, fingers to phone and type it all out. Let's do a little bit of like a word, like a word dump. And it might offer some type of value, even if it's to one person or if it's to a thousand people, then if like, then amazing. I think that's so valuable and that's true vulnerability rather than playing the game of trying to be authentic mm. acting, as you said and I think a large part of your self-awareness probably comes from your ability to word dump either on a page whether that's when you're journaling which I know you're a proponent mm. of but also when it comes to like sharing that on social media like quite a good way to 
learn something or make sense of something yourself is to teach or share it with others and your process of doing that is is clearly something that's important on on, on the journaling piece is that something that you've done a lot of away from social media where you maybe articulate your thoughts on paper um yeah so growing up my as much as I love and adore my family they're a very good support system for me and I'm very grateful that I have them we're very close and have been my entire life but we're not talkers we're not big talkers we don't communicate our feelings you know I've always been kind of brought up with the mentality of get over it if something bad happens you get over it you suck it up you don't let yourself dwell or sit within your own negative mindset and for me that always then meant that I without realizing I had to have some type of outlet I've always been kind of that person who whether it be with myself or with other people I've been a big talker which I know for a lot of people is very hard to let themselves feel vulnerable but even from such a young age I've had a journal and it's not been something I've written in every single day but from I can't remember the exact age I think it's as young as like four or five Um, or six something between those years I've always had a diary where I've said you know what like I've actually done dear diary and then written out a whole kind of insight into my day what happened why I'm upset you know back then god knows what it said but I've carried that over into now adult life where I religiously will kind of put down my thoughts put down my intentions try to start my day off in a positive way so every day in my diary I write a quote I write it in red pen so all of my other writing in my diary is done with black pen and this quote is done with red pen just so it stands out I can refer back to it and sometimes you just need that little positive prompt in your mind to say do you know what this is like this is how our way of thinking should be today and I've always tried to have an outlet and a lot of that is then shown through my writing as well, the writing I do choose to share. Um, and that's definitely developed my own self-awareness because I have always been kind of somebody who breaks everything down and that analyzes it and then reflects on everything as well. Peak performers and the people that we look up to and the people that we think have an idea of what they want to do and an awareness of who they want to be and who they are it leaves clues very often. And one of those Mm. clues quite often is the ability to write out what's going on inside this top four or five inches of your head, depending on how big your forehead is like mine. Um, It's, it's very, it's very important that we have an awareness of what's going on. And by sharing that with the paper or by sharing that on a social media post, we start to make sense of it. And that's why when you and I speak, you verbalize really well what's going on. And when you speak to your friends, you're probably one of those friends that people know where they're at because you're able to Mm. articulate it. Whereas a lot of people who maybe shy away from writing things on paper or have never built that habit, and it doesn't need to be daily. You you and I are enjoying it daily more often than not. Mm. But your ability to do that is, is hopefully an insight to anyone listening to understand maybe why when you listen to you speak and us have this conversation that you're quite aware of where you've been and where you're going and what's happened along that journey and what's been going on inside your your head throughout that period a hundred percent it is such an amazing trait to have if you're able to reflect and you're able to have any type of self-awareness and I don't think I think everybody is capable of having it it's just whether you want to allow yourself to give time to it because it's not something that 
you don't build a habit in a day and I think I have just been incredibly I guess I don't know if lucky would be the word but that's how I choose to describe it um I guess I've been kind of lucky that it's something that I always got bought journals and diaries when I was younger so maybe my parents are like oh that's her outlet we're not massive talkers we don't talk about our emotions give her a diary and see if she uses it and I've still got all of those diaries in my house they're in a box within a cupboard so I do occasionally if I'm having kind of a um, day where I just want to reminisce I will go through some of those and it's kind of nice to see that growth within myself and the ability that I do have to kind of verbalize and articulate what I am thinking and feeling I really like that I really like that speaking of your writing you've written before that social media is both your biggest dream and your worst nightmare combined for you what are the pros and the cons oh such a such a deep way of saying it isn't it but so the pros don't don't get me wrong 100% has been the community side of things the ability to be able to connect even if it means that it's not a direct connection so like right now we're talking even if it's just connection through you read somebody's post you listen to somebody speaking on a story and you feel some type of you know you compare yourself to them in a positive light maybe and say do you know what I can really relate to that like there's an element of relatability um so that form of connection and then also all of the opportunities that have come with now working with brands going to events going to especially fitness events I went to an event on Friday which was absolutely incredible sometimes just thinking about it, it generally gets me very emotional and overwhelmed because I'm just like how how have I got to here how have I got to this position where I get to go to these events with a load of other really inspirational people, inspirational fit people as well. Um, and that's definitely the biggest pro. It is that element of connection with other people. Even just when we met at the factory weights shoot, um, it was just incredible to spend a day with people who were probably quite like-minded in a sense, but also we can share a range of other well share and talk about a range of other topics as well but the cons I definitely then think is pressure and that's not necessarily pressure from anybody else but the pressure I put on myself to maybe uphold and maintain a particular image so going back to what we said at the start I like to kind of keep it within the fitness realm and moving into kind of like the mindset side that comes with fitness body confidence self-awareness but it's the pressure I put on myself as well with things like the algorithm, obviously everybody always talks about the algorithm and, oh, you know, it's doing me dirty. It's not, it's not serving me purpose. Um, but it would be like if I did something with a brand and maybe the post didn't do as well, I put that expectation on myself and said, oh no, I've let these people down. I've let myself down because there's not been as much engagement in this interaction as maybe they thought they were buying into. And most of the time with brands, they're very understanding of, you know, ads don't do that well sometimes on Instagram um, or whatever social media platform. And usually nine times out of 10, they're like, it's fine, it's, it's expected, but there's still that kind of internal pressure coming from myself to say, you need to do better. You place a lot of pressure on yourself when it comes to your own performance, but equally your mm. social media is like an extension of that. So it getting x number of thousand impressions less than a normal post of course you feel a little bit 
like, oh God, I, I wish I had done better than that because I wanted to do really well for that brand because there's a reason they're on my page because I, I use their products and I care about them and the social media person that I deal with there and the, the owner that I deal with there is, is so lovely and I want I want their products to, to reach the right audience. So I think, again, that's it's one of those cons that's a, it's a healthy con because it shows how much you care about what you do. Yeah, I would agree. And I think as well, it comes down to reputation and wanting to maintain reputation, especially with like my business. And you mentioned about the pressure side of things. That pressure is something that's felt not only within my own performance and how I show up every day, but also within, you know, the relationships I have with friends, with family, with my partner, with then my work as well. And like you say, like it's a, it can be a very healthy pressure there are definitely times where I do find myself be it like being a bit more kind of towards like a negative mindset of this isn't good enough so I'm still even like everybody's constantly learning about themselves and it's still something that I'm trying to learn with trying to find that really healthy balance I don't think I'm ever going to get to the point of perfection nobody is but it's always going to be a learning journey undoubtedly one of the pro uh, sorry the cons actually that you and I spoke about was actually safety and this this surprised me I hadn't considered this as much albeit my account's considerably smaller than your own but I hadn't quite thought of that and that it actually alarmed me but I think it's an important thing for people to understand when it comes to the extent of the reach that you get there are certain considerations that you need to make when it comes to looking after your own well-being ill a hundred percent and I think as well that's why I maybe don't show as much on social media as sometimes I'd like to because I'd like people to see the side of me that then comes out within you know podcasts or even just everyday conversations with people that I connect with but that's why I'm very careful with what I do post because I've had it before where maybe I've been within a particular area of London um for example I went to a gym in Putney and I've posted that on my story instantly and I've had somebody say oh I'm only half an hour out from Putney, like I'll come down and just, and I'm like, this is insane. And you don't think about it. And the safety part is a real, a big like alarm going off in my head a lot of the time with how present I then am at these events that I go to and what I do post, what I don't post. And sometimes as well, there's, I feel like there's a lot of pressure when maybe you're at an event, people might be like, oh, make sure you're posting on your story. And I'm like, I'm actually not 100% comfortable with doing that right now but I will when I leave Um, and it's learning to I guess respect that because I've had it before in the past as well where I've had like you know as unfortunate as it is like threats from people which has then carried over to the safety and well-being of my family which is again why I've not then been as open to showing my family online. I think the location aspect of things is something that people wouldn't think twice about but given you reach a large amount, a larger amount of people than, than than many people, it opens you up to certain areas of the population that there, there could be somebody rogue in there that would travel to come and see you, and 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 that would be very very uncomfortable and mm. potentially dangerous. So that was something that when you and I were talking about like the hotel that you were staying in and the gyms that we were using for the shoot, you were like, I try and be like very mindful of like after the event I can share what I've been up to and what I've been doing and equally you mentioned the p word presence we mentioned lots of p words aren't we presence and <laughs> purpose and uh, 
what was the mm. other one um I, I, I'll, I'll get back to it so proud. proud that was it yeah we, we love a bit of pride don't we so when it comes to your presence at events I was really impressed and it's it's something that I try and like hold myself up to as well that when I'm with people that I'm not consumed by creating and posting on socials all the time and instead I take the time to enjoy the moment and you and I were laughing that sometimes you feel that you almost go the the, the like too extreme on that and that 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 surprised me I think you get it right really I think for example I went to a workshop yesterday and I got my phone out a handful of times but I just get so kind of involved and immersed within what I'm doing that I don't then always think oh I've got to make sure I capture this and a lot of the time at events like that there are maybe professional photographers who are going to be kind of snapping pictures anyway but it's then like you go on social media afterwards and you see all of these stories being posted I'm like oh wow it looks like I wasn't even there at the time because I've not given an insight into that and sometimes I think I need to find a little bit of a better balance because I really do pride myself in being quite a present person, especially if it's with kind of, for example, the factory weights event that we went to and just the meal that we went to the night before phones away or face down on the table, no distractions. I don't want to see notifications coming through to my phone because I'm going to get um, distracted by them. But I think as well, you have to remember that you're going to, get a lot more from engaging within where you're at in the present within kind of posting it online and then getting engagement from people online who in reality not don't mean a lot but they're not going to give you kind of that same connection that you're going to get from the people that you're with at that time yeah there's a there's a big reason that you and I got on so well it's because we weren't living vicariously through our phones and hoping that we would get lots of likes or story replies or whatever else instead we were just interested in finding out about each other and the people that were with us at that moment in time before we put a full pin in social media you've written a lot about this away that hasn't been published yet do you want to share a little bit with the listeners about what that process has been like for you yeah so I actually have like a book (laughs) almost like ready and raring to go um manuscripts done has been semi sent off to my management they then said do you know what publishers are going to be so interested in this can we have a sample chapter and I just close off I'm like no you can't that's my writing that's I'm really protective over it because again it's kind of another element of vulnerability that maybe I'm not ready to share yet I think I make myself and allow myself to be very vulnerable sometimes within captions previously within blog posts I'd love to get back into doing a little bit more of like a scheduled um, blog post on a weekly or bi-weekly basis or some type of maybe daily email or email list I'd love to do that and just share a little bit more about that writing writer in me but I don't think I'm ready to allow myself to be vulnerable to share what I've actually put a lot of work into just yet. And again, it comes back to being a little bit of a perfectionist and putting a lot of pressure on myself and expecting great things from what I do do. That may come one day. And I think it's a journey. It's a process. It's something that you Mm. might 
next draft maybe you'll be okay I think I'm ready to release this or maybe something else happens that informs you that you think oh, okay well I've had validation or recognition in this space now I'm ready to to share something in this and the next area I'd love to talk about with you is with regards to your coaching career and I know that given your platform you've had some different models that you've used over the years to deliver this service but what have you learned from having these two different models yeah so I've kind of gone the opposite direction of what most people online do most online coaches so I went straight headfirst into kind of the scaling side of my business the algorithm based system which is intended to grow to kind of the thousands the tens of thousands of clients and I've done that I was very successful in that I think and that was kind of my first year and a half of coaching online um but what that did come with was a lack of fulfillment within my actual job because I felt as though I was a bit more of an admin assistant just answering emails having kind of no input into into the programming side of things having no input into kind of building relationships and connections with people which is what I thrive off of and again I kind of grew some type of resentment towards what I was doing and going back to having a business mentor um I've been with him for maybe a year now maybe even over a year now and we spoke about it because I only moved to the one-to-one coaching of summer last year so actual serious one-to-one not kind of I market it as personalized programming but I am actually having no input into what you're getting and which is what the previous system was basically marketing itself as it was this is a personalized program but it doesn't then say based on all of the data that you've input this algorithm is going to just push out a program to you which I've had no say in and where I'm at now after speaking to this business mentor who I really kind of look up to he said what are you doing like what if it's serving you zero purpose and fulfillment surely that's not something that you want to take pride in within what you're doing on your work and I actually got back into doing um, gym floor work so actually working as a PT again building connection and actually having regular clients coming to see me and it was my I was just in my element I absolutely love it I love learning about individuals and what people are capable of and every single client that comes to you is going to be so different from the last and I just moved completely into kind of the opposite direction of do you know what I'm not going to work with hundreds of people at one time and then not know their names I'm going to work with a much smaller group of people and learn every single thing about them what makes them them their lifestyle how they move what they thrive off of what drives intrinsic feedback for them and that for the past over a year now has brought me so much joy and happiness that I absolutely love my job fiscally a step backwards for this period but in terms of your happiness and the ability for you to have longevity in this space Mm. undoubtedly the correct decision because you Mm. couldn't have kept going down that route and been as happy as you are now otherwise you would have just kept going and perhaps the number of clients would have gone up but and the bank balance accordingly but you wouldn't have been happy with your day-to-day you would have been dreading work and answering emails and whatever else and there's there's definitely a price tag when it comes to 
someone's enjoyment of what they spend the vast majority of their life doing. Yeah, exactly. And I spent thousands of pounds on this system as well. And I almost thought I was doing myself a disservice by not seeing it through because I was like, you've spent so much money on this. Why are you just giving up? And I think that's where my mindset then comes back to like kind of the pressure and seeing myself like if I don't see something through, I get really annoyed at myself. But it wasn't even about that. It was about you are genuinely starting to resent your job. You are going to become a little bit of a facade online because you're going to be pushing, you know, join Built by Me, join this community of women, all with the same aim aim of getting stronger. And internally, I'm not then still living by that same message because I'm waking up and not enjoying what I'm doing when I'm sitting on my laptop. Yeah, I'm going to use another P word that's about your principles. And you're clearly somebody that tries to live by those. And it's not ultimately just about like size of business. It's more about the impact and its impact on you as well. And I remember you saying to me that like when you had this huge client roster, somebody tagged you on their story, like doing deadlifts or whatever, like all coached by, at built by L. And you were like, I don't know who that is. And that's so far away from what you actually want, where you want that connection, that rapport Mm. with the client and really be invested in their journey. Exactly. And it's little, I feel as though throughout my life, I have these really kind of pinnacle moments and things I can refer back to, you know, like the seated row in the gym where I saw I was really strong, like the comment that was made, like that story where I was like, wow, I don't know who this girl is. And to me, I was like, you're doing yourself a disservice now. You're not doing the money that you've invested a disservice. You're doing yourself. And that to me is a lot more important than the pay packet that's coming in at the end of the month. And again, I think it comes down to your intention with the type of impact that you want to leave on the industry that you're in. And I know for me, a lot more than just how much money I make, you know, when you look at kind of all of the really successful coaches online, amazing that they're doing this and they're reaching so many people. And I really respect that. And, you know, maybe one day when I don't feel like being a coach anymore, it could be a route that I go down. But for now, I get a lot more out of actually building connection with people with a smaller pay packet and actually leaving an impact on people's lives in a different way. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I really respect that, Elle. Next question from me is, what drove the decision to follow a, a vegan diet? Was that something that happened before you became really invested in your fitness or when did that occur? No, so I've been vegan for just over two and a half years, coming up to three years, I want to say. And it was really, I went cold turkey with it. So I know some people have been, so I said cold turkey the other day, going a bit off tangent and somebody turned around and was like, you should say cold tofu. And I was like, what? I've never heard that before. It's really <laughs> difficult, Elle, when people change the goalposts for language. Yeah. I think we, all need to, we all need to have sympathy and empathy for people when they use a term that's no longer deemed acceptable yeah. or... I don't want to use the word woke, but woke enough. And it's really difficult because we're all trying our best and you weren't using cold turkey to try and be offensive to people that don't eat meat as somebody yourself who doesn't eat meat. It's it's difficult. We'd all all get cancelled if we weren't weren't perfect, weren't we? 
I know. And I was just like, I'm sorry, what? I've not heard that before. But no, so yeah, I went cold turkey with it. I A couple of my friends were veggie or pescatarian. And I think like most people, I was just very naive to kind of what went on within kind of the farming industry, what went on within kind of animal agriculture in itself. And you are like, I think for a lot of people, unless you read into it and do your own research, you are just going to remain naive. And I have no problem with that whatsoever because I was that exact same person, but I actively chose to seek a little bit more education and a little bit more learning. And that was a choice that I'm happy that I did because now I can stand by kind of where my ethics and morals lie today which is I'm proud to say that I am vegan and I don't eat animal products um, but it's not the same for everybody and I actually watched a documentary called The Land of Hope and Glory which in my opinion is one of the best ones you know obviously you've got things like The Game Changers, What the Health, documentaries that don't get me wrong I think are maybe a nice insight in a sense I think they have a lot of elements of kind of scaremongering and propaganda type um traits but land of hope and glory again might be seen as a bit more kind of propaganda within veganism but it, it honestly blew my mind that I was like I could never eat an animal product again it was just so inhumane um, and I think from there, I was just like, right, let's do this research. Let's see what this veganism is all about. I didn't even go vegetarian. I was just like, right, no, I'm vegan. And don't get me wrong. I've definitely slipped up along the way. Not even slipped up because it's normal to just make mistakes. But it, it's things that trip you up, like egg powder or semi-skim powder. And sometimes the lining of a B12 um, supplement is made from some type of animal product and it's just like little things like that that you don't think about and I think a lot of people when they go vegan they put a lot of pressure on themselves to be perfect and it's just like no it's about contribution it's about doing what you can do instead of trying to be an all or nothing person yeah and given you've made that decision from an ethical perspective and you're very clear on your reasons why and it's very like set in your mind about what the fundamentals are behind your decision I wanted to ask more about the practical element as well. And you mentioned one of the things I'd love to learn about, which is with regards to supplementation to support somebody like yourself who's optimizing gym performance, chasing like peak of human strength. What are some of the considerations that vegan training have to have? Yeah, so I mean, I didn't go vegan for any health aspect at all because I'm very aware that you can live a very healthy and probably, I can't lie, easier lifestyle with eating animal products because you don't have to have as much thought within what you do eat, your supplementation, especially if you are into your fitness on a level that demands that extra 5% like supplements, which is where I feel like I'm at now because, yes, I might be ticking all these other boxes, you know, sleep, managing stress, hydration, but what's going to get me that extra 5%, which considerations to kind of take in are supplementation such as things like b12 omega calcium things that are usually found within animal products even things like creatine which is one of the most like researched supplements within the fitness industry to actually be proven to have its benefits and when turning vegan i didn't really think about them at first i just carried on taking the supplements that 
I was taking without thinking. And then you don't realize that, you know, no, that B12 was actually derived from an animal product. So usually you can get things like B12 in normal foods, like some fortified breakfast cereals. But again, you have to look within where that B12 was derived from. Amigas, which obviously are usually found within like fatty fish, you can get from things like seeds, nuts, plant oil, plant oils, and then like calcium, which obviously is usually found within um, like dairy products. You can get from things like soy milk, leafy greens, but the amount that you actually need, I would definitely just say having that contingency of let's just take a supplement just to make sure is easier than kind of me stressing. I want to live kind of a very low maintenance life when it comes to thinking about every single thing that I'm eating. And don't get me wrong, nutrition is such an important part if you're really into fitness and depending on what level that you're at. But having that contingency of take my supplements today really does help yeah fantastic and and as part of that what about when it comes to nutrition because the big headline is always oh how can you get your protein in and i know that you you of course will have an answer for that so that at first was such a challenge because some vegan protein powders the content within them is not as high as say like a whey powder and you're not just so if you were to have a whey powder you might be getting something like 20 to 25 gram of protein per scoop and then there's like no carbs no fat but with a vegan one sometimes you've then got some type of carb content some type of fat content because of where it comes from and i've now i really do rely on the clear shakes from my protein the vegan ones like i have literally one every single day it's convenient it's actually tastes really nice as well which is a really important part of what I do consume on a daily basis but even just making small swaps from say you know your regular white pasta might have something like six to seven grams per serving if you were to switch that out and go with kind of a red lentil or soybean pasta it might then end up having anything from 22 to 25 gram per serving so little swaps like that which then don't make any difference to your life apart from there might be a slight change in texture but nothing that's too harmful um has made the world of difference because then it's kind of forced me to yes be a little bit more adventurous with my food but i don't have to spend maybe at the start an extra what i was doing at the start which was an extra half an hour kind of researching what do i have to eat how can i get protein especially with how important training is to me yeah and the other challenges around that the the quality of the protein isn't it like that whole amino acid profile and i know that sometimes you have meals that you go to which achieve that structure for you l yeah 100 percent. so i think that's an argument for a lot of people is like the full amino acid profile and some items such as like quinoa buckwheat soy seitan they actually have like a full amino profile but it's having things such as like if you're to have a pitta that might be lacking because I think wheat lacks in lysine, I want to say. So having something like that and then pair it with hummus, which then has the lysine that you need, you've got that pairing. It's going to give you kind of that full amino acid profile that you're looking for. Yeah. It's, it's that ability to understand what is available when you change the vegan diet or if you're somebody that does like meat Monday or whatever else, if you're trying to lower your meat understanding that it can be achieved and just how to do that is so important now 
a hundred percent I think you know there's so much easily accessible free information out there it's just a case of kind of trying to pick through what is actually legit and then what is just a load of rubbish exactly speaking of picking through information it's a load of rubbish one of the topics that you and I spoke about was investing when we were together and that's not something that you've talked loads and loads about on social obviously you've, you've talked to me about the platform that you use but there's lots of rubbish information out there when it comes to investing but how did you get investing it uh, interesting at such a young age so my partner actually was the one that kind of like struck that interest within my mindset to say do you know what don't just let your money sit in your bank like if you have kind of the ability to invest it you know I started off investing something like five to ten pound and now obviously that's built up over time you don't have to always start big like you can start really small and eventually that's going to compound um but it was my partner that actually kind of got me into the investing world and it was actually free trade which the platform i'm still on to this day is such a good platform for young investors because it's so kind of user friendly it's not too complicated their referral scheme is amazing um and even just sharing the referral scheme like the referral link on my story you know i've had it before where i've then had kind of like 50 i think at one point i had like 50 plus people use the same link and it was like all they need to do is now put a pound into their account and i get a, i get 50 free shares and that share could be anything from five to 200 pound in terms of value and i was like oh wow like that's insane and it's platforms like that which make kind of the investing route a lot more i guess enjoyable in a sense like it's, i find it very interesting and then aligning kind of companies that i choose to invest with within my own values and morals as an individual for example being eco-friendly um and kind of trying to align them who i do invest to with that has been a really interesting process yeah and i think when we talk about you taking that potential pay cut moving your different coaching platform your awareness to make the most of your money that you are getting and investing and trying to get 10 percent return or whatever else is really valuable and it's why you're going to end up in a better position while also happy is, is like an amazing balance to strike a hundred percent and i'm not doing it for short-term gain i don't get me wrong there's been the odd occasion where i've been like right let's capitalize off of something that's happened to the moon and all that stuff but um a lot of what i do choose to invest is long term and it's you know i'm thinking about the future i'm don't actually have any form of pension at the moment and i know that free trade have like a pension scheme which again capital at risk i'm not financial advisor but um if you're willing to you know be aware that capital is at risk a lot of the time they do end up paying off if you are in it for the long haul yeah there's lots of low risk relative return options for us to explore and the more people in our age demographic and with our profile speak about these things now the more people are willing to explore financial literacy because we spoke about a lack of education understanding when it comes to fitness and nutrition and your journey initially so it's probably even worse when it comes to financial literacy because nobody in school has any idea on these things it is 
awful that we don't get taught about how to actually like little things like even getting a mortgage I know that goes off of tangent from I mean a house is an investment at the end of the day but it's little things like that where you're just like I have no clue what I'm doing but again it comes back down to kind of utilizing the resources that you do have around you because everybody has well I'd say everybody if you're privileged enough to be in a position where you have access to the internet um, you have access to all of this free information that if you're willing to put time into you're eventually going to get some type of profitable gain back yeah and i think it's irresponsible of us not to utilize the information available to try and put ourselves in a better financial position when we're older and it's great to see you not only doing it yourself, but also sharing that with others. And it's another side to you that traditionally, if you looked at your socials, you wouldn't be expected to speak about as much. No, not at all. I, apart from kind of, I think I've actually got a highlight on my Instagram page, which goes into kind of my investments. But other than that, I think I'm very aware of the fact that a lot of people don't follow me for that reason so if they are then interested in it I actually did an interview with the Telegraph about investing for young people and it ended up popping up on a lot of people's Snapchat so you know on Snapchat they have like the news articles and it was just my face I was literally the headline and it was my face saying like young investors and I was like oh wow and I got so many people sharing that uh well like sharing that with me screenshotting it and saying you're on my Snapchat and then they've said they actually had a read and they're like what is this free trade about and I think people do develop some level of intrigue if you plant the seed so just me having that kind of like little um, element of planting the seed people have then kind of invested within oh maybe she's talking some sense yeah exactly so just just weighing their appetite a little bit and then encouraging them to use easy to use platforms get some free information do some research it's all positive in my opinion and the last thing to ask you Elle, is where should people head towards carry on the conversation with you so we have at built by underscore l on instagram i try to be as kind of engaging with dms as possible but it can get a little bit overwhelming sometimes but um we then also have beauty by l on youtube given the branding has not <laughs> remained consistent throughout all social media platforms yet google only allows you to change your name a certain amount of times um, and then we have www.builtbymecoaching.com all three of those will be linked in the show notes below. I know you guys will love that conversation. So the, my favorite task of you is take a screenshot, pop on your Instagram story, tag me at call.cambro, tag L, and I'll be back to speak to you all again very, very soon.